Hey guys, welcome back to the Retail Ready Podcast. We're on episode number 47. Today I'm coming from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm here with work, but that does not give me an excuse to slack off and uh, not get an amazing guest on the show. And today was a fantastic episode we just recorded then. Today I was joined by Alan Barrett, who is the founder of the sports nutrition brand Grenade. Grenade launched in 2010 by Alan and his wife, and they only had a few hundred dollars in the bank and has now become a global sports nutrition brand. Their great tasting protein bar, which is called a carb killer, now outsells the likes of Cadbury's and Mars. They sell over around about 1.5 million bars in the UK every week. Grenade has been my favorite sports nutrition brand for many years. It was just amazing to chat to Alan, who was the brains behind everything that has been going on. And not only is he very funny, he's very knowledgeable about his journey, business, as well as we chat about some very random things. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I did. And uh, enjoy episode number 47. Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt. Your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. Well, I'm actually sitting, uh, good thing we're not on video, because I'm just sitting in my pyjamas in a hotel room in Auckland. Is it wrong? I'm slightly turned on. I'm in my office. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm dressed. Sorry. we just need Philip Schofield here, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, I, yeah I'd, I'd, be, I'd be crap at that sort of, uh, what's the word, like, um, yeah, dirty talk, to be honest, because you were going to, oh, I'm in my pyjamas, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm wearing jeans and a yeah. T-shirt. Yeah, not, not, not going very well. We might as well talk about not, business then, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly, clearly you're four pounds a minute. He's money down the drain. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Australia. Do you like my, like my accent? It's terrible, isn't it? It's probably better than mine, to be honest. I'm. Uh, it's 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 one of them. Do you know where I used to take? I used to have an Australian teacher as a PE teacher, and every time we saw him, it was like, "Good eye, mate. Good eye. How's things going? Get your runners on. Good eye." Now I'm over here, well, in Auckland, but more so in Australia. Everyone bags the English accent, and I'm going, "Fuck! I shouldn't have taken the piss out of that PE teacher because now, now I'm." The- <laughs> No, now I'm the one being absolutely yeah. abused that by my friends. Karma, exactly. <laughs> it is. Well, it, the Americans think we're Australian when you're British. They always go, "Oh, are you Australian?" No, but they, they, they. Someone told me actually in the end that if, the, if we all sound the same to them, like Brits and Australians sound identical to Americans, but if we've got a tan, they know we're uh, sorry. They know we're not. A, we're no Australian basically. So yeah, yeah. no tan. You're British. It's how they're working out. That's a fact. That is a fa- is that fact. Well, <laughs> you. Fact. You're, you're a man that has travelled the world, so for the people who are listening, we should probably talk about yourself. Um, and I'm I'm recording an episode with with Alan Barrett, who is the the founder, or would you say co-founder? Because I don't want to upset the wife. Or are you oh, going to yeah, go I'm for? You've got to go co-founder. Yeah, it's all right. The other co-founder is my wife. Um, so yeah, I am co-founder. But yeah, all your listeners, both of them, are currently thinking, who's this guy? Uh, Correct. Is this random... so we'll, we'll carry on listening. We'll carry yeah, on listening. Did this guy just hit record on Skype with some random bloke <laughs> and then release such an episode? <laughs> yeah, and, it does sound like that pretty much. And, um, and you, but you're basically you're you're basically a key figure in my world. So this is it's like having a celebrity, a, a friendly celebrity, um, because oh, I'm, I'm touched. I'm touched. Yeah, you, What's you your are... world? Your world isn't soft online porn, is it? I'm a key it figure. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. It's probably more exciting than what I'm doing. But, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you, you are the founder of Grenade Supplements, which I'm going to say is one of the biggest global brands in the supplement industry and has been voted UK's fastest growing company for several years on the track. So welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we should have done a bit first, really. Before, <laughs> yeah, before the insults. And I'll, it, I'll it insulting Australians and Americans in, in about the first 30 seconds. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no one's ever going to get to this bit. Everyone's going to be pressing pause going, nah, this podcast is not for me. Uh, even do, though... Do, do, do you want me to get them back? Do you want me to get them back with a, with a one-liner? So, yeah, so basically, co-founder of Grenade uh, started the business 10 years ago with my wife. We were 10 years old last week. Not as in my wife and Arie. We're obviously older than 10. <laughs> business is 10 years old. I'm 43. Um, but we, we founded the business from home, just the two of us, as a startup with 500 English pounds. And then um, now we think we're somewhere in the region of several hundred million, something like that in terms of value. The only cl- the last clean valuation we had was Lion Capital back in 2017, March 2017. And they paid £72 million enterprise value um, for some shares. So, yeah, Lion are our, our partners. And Lion, uh, their previous businesses, they've owned the likes of Jimmy Choo, um, Wagamama, I don't know if you get that over there, but GHD, you probably get in yeah. Australia. So quite a th- they're really into consumer brands, basically. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the headline that grab that everyone likes in terms of starting with absolutely nothing and a cold start and then turning into something. And then 10 years on, we feel we're just getting started, including launching uh, launching Down Under. So launching you in Australia, are. yeah. Well, there's a you, you because I buy your products. I buy the uh, the Carb Killer Bar, which I think the rest of the globe does. Um, but have you enjoyed the journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gone really quick, and I, yeah, I'm loving the journey. I mean, I have, I have it has its good points and its bad points. It's a bit of a roller coaster, yeah. but I think I mean. As your listeners can probably tell from the first few minutes of this, I'm pretty unemployable. Um, so I'm never, this is going to be the last proper job I ever have. So I might as well make the most of it, to be honest. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the chances of, you know, us, us launching a, a very specialised sports nutrition brand, primarily for the military, to be honest, and special forces, and then yeah, okay. it becoming so popular that we've we've taken what we've learned and we've taken it then uh, mass market but actually then not with the specialty sports nutrition side we've actually kept that still very specialized but actually we've taken the learnings and we kind of call ourselves the red bull of sports nutrition really in the sense that we've we've uh, developed a basically a candy bar you know a chocolate bar yeah. uh, high protein low sugar and we certainly didn't invent protein bars but we've invented the first good one uh, I think yeah. globally and, and hence so just in the UK now it's like 1.5 million bars a week that's enough to make us I mean obviously the number one selling protein bar but actually the number one selling chocolate bar so if you get Mars bars out there Snickers uh, Kit Kat Twix Kinder Eggs anything like that we outsell all of those uh, products Cadbury's Dairy Milk because if you get Cadbury's out there yep. probably can't know where to look for it but uh, yes yeah, so we outsell all of those um, hence we've launched in the US we're in 80 countries now um, and we're just it, it, it's really started to get interesting now it's really starting to ramp up so we've got retail sales of 200 million um, that's unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah I mean just just with regard to Australia uh, we've got three Coles concept stores, stores uh, selling us but we've just agreed to launch into 41 relay stores across Australia so putting us airports and train stations and then we've got a, a pretty big meeting coming up 
um, with Woolworths, where hopefully now we get four bars, two shakes, and uh, energy into about 900 stores. So that would pretty much put us then nationwide across the country. Difficult to do when we're 12,000 miles away and everything shifts. Yeah, I've got to say, will, will you be attending or do you let, do you let your, uh, your other people attend? You let, you let Australia, I do that. I, I do yeah. do a lot of travelling and it was actually, there was, a, there was a plan. I managed to reel out of it. You'll understand in a minute why. There was a plan to, for the Australia launch, me going over for the day to Australia. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, really want to leave on a Monday, turn up like Wednesday morning, have the day there and then leave on Thursday. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty much. So, um, yeah, so I'd managed to wriggle out of that one. Uh, but, yeah, to be honest, I'm long overdue for going over. I've never been to Australia or New Zealand, I'm embarrassed to say. I've been out as far as Singapore and Thailand and India and all over the Far East, all over the Middle East. But, I mean, the US every month, Europe every week. Uh, but, yeah, never done Australia, so I would love to do it. And organically out there, yeah. this will do really well. Hundred percent, because this is this is what the one of the areas that I look at in this country, whilst but in Australia, and just go, oh, it just needs some excitement. And just at the end of the day, the, there's bars on the market, like you say, you're not the first protein bar, but yeah. you're the first delicious tasting one where people don't see it as a rock solid chunk of concrete going in your mouth um, with a little bit of protein in it. So. Egg, your bars are you're phenomenal which just goes into the range i i used to take your range i think i started on your range in 2003 so yeah you would have only been what three or four and it was the pre-workout remember when you had the oh, well, pre-workout I, well, I, in, the launched in 2012 so you definitely weren't taking our pre-workout in 2003 yeah otherwise your listeners are thinking hang on a minute hang on, we know ben's good but <laughs> There's miss- no way Ben's taken this product nine years before it was launched. He's not that good. I, f- I forgot that we were in 2020. I've, I've just missed a decade. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Yeah, yeah, that was 17 years ago. 17 uh, years. But so I was I'm taking glad it- you were listening, Ben. I'm glad you were listening. So <laughs> I, I, I was taking yeah. it in primary school to try and get past the uh, <laughs> yeah. double maps. <laughs> like, how old were you in 2003? I'm going to put you on the spot now. I was 15. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could have been taking it, Ben. I mean, you'd have yeah. been high as a kite. Yeah, would have, that would have been good. I would have probably been dealing it behind the back, uh, behind the the bike sheds at high school. It's probably probably the same kick as uh, most of the stuff that was out on the market back then days. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be fair. Um, yeah, we we, used to, we actually launched our specialised range over there, Vine Nutrition Systems, probably about four or five years ago. But it, it's kind of it's it's too much of a saturated market in sports, in the sense a lot of the other brands frankly are just sort of so cheap because they don't have a brand and the products are okay it's really difficult to break into that market overseas because again you know the uk and europe we dominate that because people pay a bit more for quality and stuff but it's difficult when you're shipping product twelve thousand miles you know that costs time and money yeah and there's a lot of brands in sports nutrition frankly that just give it away um and just we're not one of them because you know, we're kind of the Lamborghini of sports nutrition, and for the same reason, Lamborghinis don't give the cars away. So it's, um, yeah, we, 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 to be honest, we've spent like five years really in, with this business holding our nerve and knowing that we actually make better stuff. And yes, it's more expensive, but it's generally worth a trade off. Um, you know, so I had someone comment today saying, Why are your bars so expensive? But they're haggling over like 50 pence. I mean, it's like I'd be embarrassed. The yeah. message someone, they're haggling over 50p. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 bizarre, but you just think, well, don't buy it then. 
Um, Correct. Yeah, they're the know, people that you don't yeah. want probably representing your brand, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and, and frankly, protein is expensive and sugar is cheap. So a lot of the brands they're comparing us to are loaded with sugar. And what's clever about that? If you want to go and come, yeah, sugar's you know a very cheap commodity. So yeah, yeah yourself out. So um, yeah, you're never going to keep everyone happy um, in that sense. But no, we we've got a plan and we're we're sticking to it. Um, and you know, dare I say it's it's working. And having loads of fun as well at the same time, Ben, because you can probably tell we, you know, we're a very serious brand. We make, you know, we make products for special purposes, but um, we don't actually take ourselves <laughs> seriously because frankly, yeah. neither do they. So you know, we make really good stuff, and um, and we take our time. You know, some of these products we launch, they take us a couple of years to launch. And yeah, I think yeah, a lot that's interesting. Just, they'll just churn out stuff left, right, and centre, and just say, oh, that'll do. Um, yeah. And then so, we just you- do that with perfectionists. Are you part of the sensory process then? Do you take a key eye or do you step away from that a bit? No, now? no, I'm, I'm all over it. I mean, again, we've got a brilliant team. We're all over it as well. And to be fair, some of those guys now, so Rob, my head of product, he's probably more sort of OCD than I am when it comes to product. Like, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll be happy with his tub and he wants to go <laughs> yeah. again. And, 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 you know, it's always been right, but it's actually quite good that, um, yeah, they, they push. So, no, it, I, I like to say that I... I conduct the orchestra, but I don't run around playing all the instruments. But yeah, certainly yeah. when it comes to um, quality, yeah, I mean, I've, I've just got a phenomenal team here that's taken me 10 years to build. And uh, they've got what I call ownership mentality. And that's really hard to find. Um, so it, they just get it. You know, so I've never lost a member of staff I wanted to keep. Um, there's, about 70, yeah, there's about 70 of us now. And, uh, it, you know, the, the, my, my real core guys are the guys that have been there now for like sort of six, seven years. And it's Grenade was probably their first job. And they've started here, you know, perhaps in the warehouse. And yeah. now one guy did start in the warehouse. He's now my head of product. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah but, because I like to promote from within. And I think it's quite nice to sort of promote people as well, above and beyond what they'd expect. That's um, fantastic, yeah. Well, because, you know, you can always get clever people that do degrees and, and go and get jobs. But the, the core DNA here of Grenade is obviously, you know, intelligence is part of it, but it's a small part. They have to have the ability to do the job, but they've got to be entrepreneurial. They've got to be able to know really what the you know that works for the brand, what I'd like, what I don't like. Um, just the core DNA of the brand, you, you, you can't really teach people to get it or they don't. Yeah, okay. um, and, and just making good decisions with the brand. And, um, yeah, when you get people that just get it, it, it's frankly, it's kind of quite easy, but those people are between. But I think we've got a disproportionate amount of good ones at Grenade. Yeah, that's good. Um, Do you think they've helped grow the brand then to a, a different level than you expected then? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can do a lot of jobs in this building. I can't do technical jobs like graphic design, things like that. But, you know, pretty much every job in this building at some point, actually including graphic design, yeah. level, <laughs> I have actually done. Because when you start the business and there's two of you, someone's got to do it. You've got no yeah. money. So you're doing the accounts and sales, doing the warehousing job, you know, when you actually get a warehouse, because before that it was a house. So, you know, getting deliveries off the lorries at home, loading them into the car, delivering them to places. You know, there's not a single job in this business that I haven't done. Working with ambassadors, being an ambassador. um, And actually, it's, it's doing those jobs that mean you can understand what it requires to, you know, to do the job. But yeah, yeah. Aside from that, I can't do the work of 70 people. So, yeah, clearly, as you start to train people up, my job is always to try and make myself redundant, really, to the point that if you're doing things repeatedly, you have to, yeah. you know, if you're doing something repeatedly, you shouldn't be doing it. 
as, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, a CEO, you should find someone else to do it who's better at it than you, um, which isn't difficult, you know, in lots of yeah. cases. But uh, yeah, you should always be trying to do yourself out of a job because entrepreneurs are always going to go and do something else. And other people, you know, necessarily can't. They just do that one job, which is fine. Um, so that that's very much the rule, I think, for an entrepreneur is just learn how to delegate and really early on. And it's actually one of the hardest things to do. That's fantastic. That's a great little uh, knowledge nugget there because we, we have a lot it's of stuff. you're going to get. Well, I'll, I'll use that as a snippet. Do you know when people do like tra- uh, trials and uh, previews of what's coming? I'll just put that oh, in. Clickbait. So, yeah, so that then people go, oh, this is going to be full of interesting stuff. And then they'll listen to it and they'll be like, oh, these guys just talked about uh, the Australian weather and um, <laughs> and, yeah, just, and Philip Schofield. <laughs> it's mostly insult, insults. Yeah, they've, they've missed the Philip Schofield bit now. They won't yeah. understand that, luckily, <laughs> so they've actually missed that. Um, yeah, get, get get the clickbait in there. But um, yeah, wall-to-wall wisdom, I like to call it, Ben. That's so you've heard my podcast, so I've got, a, I've got my own podcast called Pull the Pin, which I'm told in two weeks will be the number one podcast in the UK, apparently. Will it really? Oh, wow. Apparently, yeah, yeah. It's, and it, no, no surprises, because it's bloody brilliant. Um, oh, yeah, we, we get some really good guests. What made you do that then? What may because I know your marketing is very different to the norm. Like we'll go on to this, but you do you own a tank or did you just rent the tank? <laughs> uh, because... we, we don't. So it, it's our tank. We don't own it in the sense that it's a pain in the ass to own. You've got all the maintenance, but yeah, it's ours and no one else can use it. Um, so it's technically ours. But That's yeah, it, it's, and we've got it whenever we want. So yeah, we can spray paint it any colour we want and stuff. But it's quite clever in the sense the guy who's actually whose name is on the logbook, so to speak, he's got the responsibility if it goes wrong. So it's perfect, really. So whenever I want it, it's working, uh, which is brilliant. <laughs> I'm not very mechanically minded. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the thing behind the podcast was I, I just I like to think, you know, I'm a consumer. Mm. So I make products I'd like to use. I'd make design clothing I'd like to wear. Um, you know, and obviously I'm super fashion conscious as when you, your listeners Google me, they'll say, oh my God, what a fashion legend. Um, I won't say that, to be fair, that, that, yeah, things have never been said, that, that, that won't be one of them. <laughs> um, but we like to think differently. And I find myself, I've got a sort of two and a half hour commute every day. Have and, you really? Jesus. Yeah, and I'm not really interested in listening to the radio. A lot of the time I'm, I'm on the phone, but the phone signal between my house and work isn't brilliant. So kind of quality phone calls are out because you, you can't get good good reception um yeah, yeah we live in the uk so why would we why would we get good phone signal <laughs> yeah. um, it's slowly becoming a third world country here um anyway but uh, i found myself listening to podcasts so i found the radio just not relevant to me they were talking about trashy tv shows yeah. that were on the night before i'm not interested in not really interested in the music can't stand all the adverts don't really want all the chit chat um to be honest so i'm not into sports i'm not interested in listening to sports on the radio either and um you know, so why I, I just found myself listening to podcasts uh, primarily actually initially about aviation because i've got my pilot's license and it was a good oh, way wow. just to learn about something um uh, that was relevant that i was interested in in, in what would be otherwise unproductive time so and i thought actually and people are always asking me questions i'm going to get about 500 messages a day by social media and i just can't get to them yeah and and that's just me personally so the brand i don't know how many we get but it would be a lot more and i think actually why don't we just put this in a podcast we've got this amazing network through me personally and the brand Mm -hmm. i mean i mean and all sorts of people so right up to richard branson but you know social media stars athletes ambassadors friends fans 
Um, and again, you know, we, we've, we've got a good network here. Actually, let's get some of these guys on, you know, whether it's like world endurance champion or um, just, a, you know, my friendly local billionaire or whatever. Let's get some of these people on and talk business, brand and banter. And that's what we do. So we actually talk about brand and business and entrepreneurship and discuss things. And we have a really good laugh and people love it. And it's one of those things a bit like Grenade, where if you sat and kind of designed this podcast from scratch, you'd sort of, it wouldn't really make any sense. A bit like Grenade doesn't. You know, we started off selling hardcore weight loss products for the military and still do. Yeah. And we've got the number one selling weight loss products in the UK, but we've also got the number one selling chocolate bar. It's a really weird combination yeah. <laughs> um, of products. It's a good, so, great combo. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, it, and it's quite an irreverent mix, but I think a lot of, you know, Brands are always extensions of the founder's personalities, whether it's Red Bull or Under Armour or whatever. And things that are important to the founder end up being important to the brand. So, um, yeah, we, we just find that we, you know, have a, have a chat. We record it in my cinema at home um, so that we've got zero cost of yeah. kind of doing it. And, um, and we're recording one tomorrow, actually. We've got a, we've got a, a big um, we've got a big UK dance uh, group on so um, I don't know if they're known in Australia but yeah they're coming on tomorrow so we're recording that um, and then the plan is kind of building up to getting the big man on they're getting uh, Richard Branson on there do you get uh, I'm guessing you know him personally then so you'll, yeah, just you'll through, get this. yeah through a number of ways really I mean again mostly through brand um, some stuff we did down in South Africa for one of his charities Virgin Unite which was just to help with the uh, the poaching going on down there, specifically with rhinos. So through some aviation contacts, we helped out there and that got on his radar. But um, yeah, I've been to Ulusaba with him to his house in South Africa twice. Been to NECA once. Got actually an invite to go to NECA again this year in May, but I can't make it because the dates are, I'm busy, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, just amazing. And, and again, through Virgin Fast Track. So Virgin, for the last 22 years, I believe, have sponsored the, uh, the Fast Track 100. And it's an amazing network in the UK of the fastest growing brands. And businesses, and, and and it's a very very elite list anyway, because all the top brands you can imagine go through it. Um, but we've been in it now five years in a row. I think we've actually just made our sixth year, and it's pretty much unheard of um, to, to to start to get into that uh, into that uh, sort of ecosystem of brands yeah. because you've got to double the business in size every year to stay on that list. And it's oh, one wow. thing going from a million to two million, then five to ten, but try going from thirty to sixty. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that start, does start to get very hard. So next year we'll have to, you know, we'll be looking at 120 million to stay in the list. So it's going to start to get quite challenging. Yeah, good um, luck. So yeah, and, and he, we met, met him first time actually through that, and um, we found we've got lots of common interests and, and friends. And um, yeah, he's just he's just a, a bloody good guy that I'd always looked up to and always dreamed of meeting. Let alone being fortunate to go on a, you know, a safari um, with him. Um, and stuff yeah, yeah. People, people like my LinkedIn uh, profile picture because it's got a picture of me and him on it and it's, <laughs> it always it's, helps yeah he's, strang he's strangling me um, <laughs> he, like, he likes me really but yeah people like that picture I've got a lot worse um, <laughs> yes you, that, that's where that came do, from do you find that so when when you go to these events and when you when you speak to Richard it helps with business as well and it kind of takes your mind into a different direction more from yeah business point of view or do you just see it as you know what we're all in the same boat let's enjoy ourselves and not talk business how do how does that work uh we do a bit of both to be honest we don't really talk that much business now with with Richard because I've spent so much time with him at the fast tracks and personally and yeah. one you know in, in his houses um we end up gravitating more towards probably 
wider global issues don't get me wrong he's super interested in in business yeah. but also i've heard him do a lot of q and a's and he yeah. gets asked the same questions over and over again so i have heard a lot of the answers before but he's more interested now you know i mean i, I said to him look if you could wave a magic wand and do one thing in the world what would it yeah. be you know and he said look I'd, I'd like to abolish conflict you know as long as there's conflict we don't stand much of a chance but you know i'm very passionate about conservation so is he so we talk about things like that really um, I mean, I, I did a, I did a, actually did a walk with him in France not last year before we walked the Alps for five days, and um, really, and again, I was asking him some advice on several things to do with brand, and again, he gave me great answers. But he's just a very, very intelligent guy that's got this amazing energy, that's brilliant at simplifying things, and just likes to keep things simple. And I think that's been my biggest learning from him is actually keeping it really simple. Um, yeah, he actually okay. started to get quite agitated, things get, get complicated because actually it's not necessary. And when I was in South Africa with him, he was showing me the plans for Virgin Galactic. This was probably about two and a half years ago, so before their initial launch. And he got everything you need to know just on his iPad, and it was like 20 questions, and it was really, really simple. But tells you everything you need to know. There's a lot yeah. of very complex stuff, I'd imagine, behind it in terms of going into space, but he doesn't need to know that. You know, yeah, he, he needs top line. Yeah. yeah, how you know how long are the flights? How many people can go on the flights? What do they cost? What can they charge? What fuel? You know, it is just 20 really simple questions. And I think, in a way, it's genius. That's fantastic. Well, what I've <laughs> the funny thing is because I'm sitting here in the hotel room, there's a magazine next to me, and it's only bloody got Richard Branson's face on it in the front. So it's like, I should say that as well, actually, because I've, I've just shared something on LinkedIn. I've just I've just made another front cover, so I'm on the front cover of Business Insider. This <laughs> shared it's actually trending on LinkedIn as we speak. It's made the is it really? news. It is, I know what's it. Yeah, I'm no Richard Branson, but yeah, we I can do front covers as well, Ben. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be popping yeah. up on the retail ready podcast there front cover so uh, well, yeah creme de la creme isn't it of well, a business, global uh, audience um, <laughs> i'm really panicked that i was actually glad that that, that sentence ended where it did because when you said i'm sat in my hotel room you've already told me your pajamas you got a magazine with your thought oh come on at least put it on a tv channel pay it pay the pay the 12 dollars man you know don't just uh, don't use a magazine I'd um, be worried. I'd be worried. No one pays, and then I've actually got to owe the subscription service some money. So yeah, it'd be a. <laughs> yeah, it actually took a very dark turn that conversation. But you've, um, you, I would say you've pulled it back. But again, that that we're saying you pulled it back again. Sounds like cheating. Well, I normally ask um, the people who I have on the show, kind of, what is your your biggest hurdle that you've found over the last decade in business or kind of biggest challenge uh, before we finish. So do you have anything that you kind of would do again or redo again or kind of just go, wow, I learned a lot from that experience? I mean, it's really difficult when you're sat here and, you know, we've given headline numbers of where we were and where we are. I think, yeah, I would like to have probably known certain things earlier, but I don't know how you yeah i don't know how you you know we are where we are so it's easy with hindsight isn't it i think if i ever came yeah. back and went to retrospectoscope and uh yeah of course you do things different the second time because you just did the same things but quicker so but then if you do the same things quicker you don't know if actually you're too early for the market so yeah probably i'd keep things the same i think i'd probably try and hire we didn't hire anyone for the first two years but we actually couldn't afford to so again with hindsight no one no now i would have probably tried to hire clever people early on but with yeah. a tiny brand working from home you, you can't really so um i mean there's probably a few people i wouldn't have hired you know that don't work here anymore because you know, <laughs> yeah. you know you, you'd skip that step 
But again, there's always been learnings, and that's easier said than done. Um, there's probably be a few products maybe I wouldn't launch, but we've never had anything do badly. But the problem is, because our core products do so ridiculously well, anything that doesn't do ridiculously well is, you know, is almost classed as a failure. It's not a failure, but it's probably more of a distraction. So maybe there's certain products I wouldn't do. But I think... Um, uh, yeah, there's a few few tweaks, but I think broadly, no, we're we're in a good place, um, and I think you know we're kind of everyone is we're all healthy and happy and stuff, and we've got a good yeah. good plan for the future. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy where we are. I think it's probably I don't think you should regret things that you've done, but I think you probably should regret things that you haven't done. And I think one thing about me and Grenade is if I've thought about it, I've done it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've never I've never I've never sat here and thought, oh, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd done this because we 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 have really done it all. So, and I think. That was the mantra of myself and my wife in the early days, was, you know, when we we're up against GSK and all the big brands um, who'd got a lot more money than we had. And, you know, they've got 12, 13 million pound budgets to spend on Formula One and whatever. Like we've got 12 pounds to spend on two T-shirts. You know, you have to think quite yeah. creatively and sort of think outside the box. And um, that really got us, I think, in that mindset of thinking carefully and being disruptive and, and doing it uh, doing it differently um so yeah we've, we've learned a lot along the way you know we've made mistakes but again that's where you learn you don't learn anything do you when everything's going well yeah correct um, yeah. you know so uh yeah where we've we've, we've we've made mistakes that's actually where the greatest learnings are and the trick is to make the mistakes early when it hurts you but it doesn't hurt you as much as it can do as you get yeah. bigger and grow because obviously the bigger you get the bigger the mistake the more it hurts um and also as you get older you've got less time to recover so, um, you know, it's really important that, you know, one of the questions you get asked a lot, oh, should I do it? How old are you? 20? Of course you should do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're 70, you maybe don't do it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, of course, what, what can possibly go wrong? You're 20, starting your own business. You know, you, most people are still living at home. You haven't got the responsibilities generally of partners and kids and, and whatever. So, yeah, of course you should absolutely do it. Because you're always regret if you don't. Correct. How nice would that be? I know. I wish. I wish when if someone asked me that question, I'd look back and go, I just wish I would have given a few things a, a bigger go without the fear of yeah failing kind of things. Are people it, are terrified but, yeah. of failure, you know? But then mm. failure is failure's your friend. Uh, the, the the failure actually, as long as it's quick failure, long drawn out failure is death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um, but quick failure is absolutely fine because again, you get you get the learnings from it. So yeah, people are scared of that, but. You know, failures, yeah, people sort of mix it because they, they have this real fear of it. But, yeah, it's not like sort of jumping off a, a cliff. OK, metaphorically, it might be. But, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, you're not going to, you know, break your legs if you, you fail. You will if you jump off a cliff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in, in business, you just always have to protect the downside. But, you know, in the early days with Jules and I, regarding regret, you know, we wanted to make sure that we didn't have any regret. We gave it our best shot. We're very all or nothing people. And you know we're either in it or we're not you know we're not we're not these people that are just going to bumble along and happy with mediocrity we're going to go full pals or not bother and that's just very much what's really been instilled into that grenade brand we're going to make the best product or we're just not going to do it uh, we're not going to make something that's okay and we always said look you know no one's going to be working harder than we are no one's going to have a better brand no one is going to care more no one is going to um, sample as much as we will no one's going to get a better team no one's going to you know have as much fun no one is going to um, you know do as many shows as we are and think as creatively and it was all this you know we're going to do this 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 and this okay. and they all you know if they're all one percent there's probably a hundred things we did 
to the yeah. best of our ability that that added up and i think other brands just weren't doing that probably still don't do that to be perfectly correct honest. Yeah. Um, so and, and i think you know that you, you can't really teach that um and it's interesting with a lot of our competitors that copy everything we do and you know i actually enjoy this and we feel we're just getting started this must be really hard work for them copying us every five minutes because i don't know what <laughs> yeah. i'm going to do next week so they, they have to be really reactive <laughs> and all they're really doing is giving us a bigger platform and telling everyone what we're doing is right and making themselves look quite foolish in the process no one ever built a big brand by copying someone else's big brand it just doesn't work you guys do things very different hence why you're one of my favorite supplement brands and uh i'm i'm just absolutely honored that i can spend some time with you and hear your story and um uh, get to know get to know you and kind of the brand it feels like i know that where the brand has come from now which is fantastic and hopefully everyone who's listening is now well especially australian people when if you say it's coming to a global uh well to a, a national reach um very soon it'll just be fantastic to to hear that backstory so absolutely appreciate it, alan that's anytime it's, my pleasure it's been been amazing and uh i wish i wish you all the luck in the world and i can't wait to uh, see more products um come out on the market so that i can uh, spend a bit more time and money uh looking into them so yeah if i'm guessing all the people are listening like it's not hard to find a grenade product like if if you google grenade uh you're going to be inundated with websites selling your products and for anyone in australia like we say it's coming to woolworths very soon and you can pick it out in a few outlets already and then everywhere else um you've kind of got the market share everywhere else really haven't you <laughs> yeah and like i said we feel we're just getting started so um yeah really any pictures that we get of australian retail as uh, i'm very easy to find on uh, linkedin which is my main platform but grenada on all platforms and um yeah itunes and spotify you can hear the grenade podcast it's called pull the pin and yeah. if anyone wants to subscribe and again you'll just get great guests and, and great insight into entrepreneurship and business and brands and yes yeah, sort of our take on the world so feel free to subscribe to that as well definitely well i've just literally uh, got on spotify and subscribed uh but left a note to subscribe on there so that's fantastic so brilliant apps absolutely appreciate it. you enjoy your evening i'm gonna uh, we'll enjoy now, your day i'm gonna start the day now the sun is just around about to pop its little head up so uh Let yeah i'm gonna don't rub it in because it's lousy it's just well, it's just gone dark about half an hour ago the weather that we've just had a massive you just storm had the storms didn't you <laughs> yeah we've had terrible storms in fact actually one of the ba flights that was flying in from america with a with a tailwind behind it just broke the world record for the um for a passenger plane from new york to london it did it in under five hours with a 300 mile did it really um, was that what I, I was i was watching a video and and i was like this this and was that the plane that kind of did like it just literally swung in as well or is that just different probably, videos yeah, well, i'm glad it wasn't on it but um yeah oh. put it this it's the first time a ba flight's ever turned up early um <laughs> so yeah literally every, every cloud um but thanks for getting up really early as well to do this i appreciate it because this no. this is it's yeah 5 30 for me so i know it's really early for you so no thanks for uh, thanks for doing that no, thank you. Well, you enjoy your evening. I'm, uh, you. have, have a nice dinner, and uh, I look forward to hearing more stories from you uh, on all different social media events. Good stuff. Thanks, Speak Ben. Soon. Best of luck with the podcast. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. You.